Launch Director NTD, our launch team is ready to proceed at this time. Ha, 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 ha. Whiskey sour on deck, and I've got water in my ear. How did I get here? Let me explain. For the past nine months, maybe ten, I don't know. Every time I take a shower or I get in a pool, um, water gets in my ear and does not want to get out. Kind of fucks with my equilibrium. And it really makes moments like this editing and listening to music for editorial purposes difficult nonetheless i will maintain and sustain welcome to the journeyman chronicles my name is felix c arroyo you know the deal i don't have to go through the whole spiel because you've been through this before hopefully but if you're new welcome This Journeyman Chronicles podcast is dedicated to interviewing the everyday person here in Lancaster County, doing big things one way or another, and the journey that said person took to get to where they are. That's it. That's the premise. And today is no different. Now, before we get started, I would like to just, uh, you know, Wish everybody a happy holiday. Yes, I said holiday because there's so many different kinds. There's Christmas, you know. Maybe you like to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's what Christmas is all about. There's Hanukkah. Jewish people celebrate Hanukkah. The African-American community celebrates Kwanzaa. Um, Look, I'm not going to lie. There's other ones out there, too. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. I can't think of others, uh, you know, Three Kings Day. You know, that's a big, like, my family celebrates that. I mean, like, uh, I didn't celebrate when I was a kid, but my mom likes to celebrate that with her her grandsons, my my uh, sister's boys. They like to have that little tradition. Three kings day, the three kings that came to see Jesus of Nazareth, right, when he was born. So why am I, why am I going through this? Uh, um, people really should not get so upset about happy holidays. Um I think the the issue is really just accepting the fact that there's more than one holiday. And so instead of trying to guess what somebody may celebrate or believe in and trying to make an attempt to fit inside their circle, a nice generalized happy holiday will do. Because at the end of the day, you're really just wishing everybody a happy and safe time of year. This is a magical season of year, right? Um, Like I grew up Catholic and I personally believe in Jesus Christ. I don't really practice right now as a Catholic, uh, but that's a different uh, episode for a different day. Uh, You know, but when someone says happy holidays to me, I don't really get butthurt. I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get the whole the whole fanatical response of people getting upset about happy holidays look 
just be thankful somebody's just saying happy something to you. You know? Let's not be a Scrooge this year. Uh, you know, on the Journeyman Chronicles last year around this time for my Christmas special, I interviewed my mom. And I'm going to encourage you all to go and listen to episode 14, I believe, uh, with my mom, Rosa Santiago. I interviewed my mom and we talked about, uh, you know, the the traditions, the Puerto Rican traditions around this time of year in regards to Christmas and uh, Three Kings Day. In Puerto Rico and the, the traditions that followed when my family moved here to Lancaster. Now, this year, you know, I, I, I didn't really want to focus on one episode being the special. I will have one pretty much damn near Christmas. But, you know, this episode and the next are, are going to be, you know, uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas holiday, happy holiday. And uh, how am I going to say this? A little sprinkle of happy holidays through these episodes. Okay. Uh, whatever you believe in. And personally, yes, I call them my Christmas episodes. But, I mean, look, I, I that's what I celebrate. I implore you all to dub this whatever you would like to call it. We can call it the Kwanzaa episode. We can call it the Hanukkah episode. Three Kings Day episode. I'm all good. Okay, Charlie Brown Christmas tree episode. Let's fucking do it. But, make no mistake, we're celebrating a magical time of year. Uh, I wish you all safety, happiness some closure if you guys need it you know what i mean i know right now i i'm looking for some closure and some things in my life and i've been working hard on it um and this this episode is, is special to me because uh, i got to interview a friend of mine that I, I worked with my boy carlos who hosts a podcast called queso frito uh him and his brothers got this podcast going carlos worked with me at fedex freight uh, when I used to work there and shortly after I started my podcast, I learned he was starting his. So we, we kind of started these, uh, ventures together, or I should say around the same time. The reason why I, I say that is because, you know, we would talk a lot at work when we could, right. <laughs> um, we would talk a lot about ideas uh, what we were doing in our podcast, we would talk about the shit that we're dealing with in regards to uh, uh, recording uh, malfunctions, shit not working, uh, you know, operational uh, operator error, if you want to call it that one way or another, we were learning on the fly and sharing our stories. So to uh, see where he's been going with his progression, he has a lot of movement with his podcast and uh, what I enjoy is the growth and he's still hungry. You know, we, we talked about getting each other on each other's podcast and I'll be uh, recording one for his shortly, but he stopped by my house. He drove down uh, a couple hours before he had to go to work. Um, the listening to Carlos story, Carlos's story is, I don't know if he realizes this, because he's a very humble and and, and um, like an easy breezy kind of guy. But his story is very inspirational because there's a lot that he had to endure, especially around Christmas time, especially on the day of Christmas. And we're going to get into that. But his podcast, how he is a mentor for the youth uh, in his family how he becomes like a father figure, how he takes the role of fatherhood very seriously. 
um, the relationships that he cherishes in his life and this this journey of media and documenting things in life and how it transitioned into what he's doing now with this podcast is a pretty cool ass story and where he plans to go is even cooler. So I know I've been ranting and raving, uh, but I, I really wanted to make sure I set this up exactly how I wanted to, because it's important to me. This interview is probably one of the one of the more candid interviews that you'll hear on my end, because I typically don't really engage with my guests as much as I did with Carlos. But then again, we know each other and we have a lot in common. So you're going to hear me share some of my shit as we're going through the journey with Carlos. Um, but hey, listen, let's get to it. I hope you enjoy it. This is episode 51 of JMC. I'm talking to Carlos Sepulveda. JMC, let's go. It's not what you envision at first. Everybody else would be like, that shit's hot. And I'm like, yeah, but I know, like, I know what I want. And it's not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's hard. Like, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to settle. And I feel like when it comes to like podcasting or just chasing like a passion of yours, there's going to be times where you're going to be confronted with like, maybe I should just settle because at least I'll get it done. And I need to get it out there. And, and you have like this, there's like a rush, but you can't explain why there's no one's rushing you. You just feel obligated to like, I got to get this done. And you're like, nah, I don't want to settle. Like I'm not pulling the trigger until mm-hmm. I see it the way I want to see it. And then I start to understand why when I watch like people that are like famous for years now they that that mentality of like i'm not settling oh it makes sense now not that i want to be famous but that that drive and that following your passion so i'm assuming like you go through the same thing like because you're doing your podcast too and it's it's clearly not it's not like some project like it's like a legit i'm trying to fucking make this a huge fucking empire so to touch on the passion thing I've been thinking of myself lately a lot. I'm unapologetically passionate about everything I do, whether it's my everyday job, being a father, the podcast. I'm going to be passionate, and I'm not going to care about anybody else's feelings because this is something that drives me. And that's what that's what you see with these famous people or these successful people. They um they don't have anything that they settle for. Yeah, they never had anything, so now they. They want more, but everybody's drive is different. So some people are going for the material. Some people are going for the love. Some people are going for the attention. Me, I just want to show everyone what makes me, me. Yeah. So like the people around me who I find dope and I find cool, it's going to be 
from an 18 year old kid who's trying to make it to a 65 year old dude who's about to retire yeah same thing with you and your podcast journeyman chronicles is the best idea that's the best premise you can ever think of thank you you find the people around you who are doing dope things like you are and you just highlight them they're everyday people yeah and this may be the the beginning of their story the beginning of your story but later on down the road when you're looking at this you're gonna be like yeah oh shit look 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 at the potential that we've seen in you yeah back then you know what i mean and yeah, that's, that's and, just, real cool. and just being able to have it documented, like not for me, but like y- for your family and your children 30, 40 years ag- from now to go, oh, look, Bobby was on this podcast. Yep. He's telling his story, especially when, you know, God willing, you live a long, healthy life and, and then it's your time to go. But this will stay here. And that's something that Alexandra, my wife told me years ago, or uh, months ago maybe like even last year she was like do you know what you're doing like you're giving people something that their family and their and their kinfolk their the generations that are coming to have like i don't have something like that besides pictures i don't have anything that i can listen to and go that was my great grandfather and he's telling his story this is fucking dope like so i love thinking about it that way because then it puts things into perspective and I stay humble. There's a lot that we, and I want to get into it, like, but there's a lot that we uh, touched base on when we would work together. Cause I remember when you started the podcast, it was around the same time I started mine. So we were like, Oh, you got a podcast. Oh, I got a podcast. We were, you know, but it was almost like when we would catch ourselves bouncing ideas off of one another, there was a genuine understanding of like, I don't think anybody can fuck with me, but it's on some like humble. I just know I want to fucking do this. Right. Not for numbers or money, but like I want to, there's something I want to do. I want to achieve. I want to reach people. I want to engage. I want to engage in conversation um, because you can get lost in really dope conversations that change your perspective in life. Yeah. So when you decided, cause you mentioned it a couple of times now, and even before you were like, you know, I, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. And and when I listen to your podcast, there's a couple of times you mentioned it in an episode here or there. Like, I, I, I want to know that story. How old were you when you had this this passion to is it is it is podcasting an extension of a deeper passion or was it always just podcasting is it media is it interviews podcast is is an extension because it's my love started with cameras from a young young age i just remember remember when my mom bought our first family like camcorder okay i documented everything like video recording yeah we used to um we used to take trips to like puerto rico and connecticut every two years we would go to a family reunion I was the one behind the camera documenting everything. Oh, for real? Yeah. From a young age, from like seven, eight, nine years old. For real? So what what do you mean buying the camera and document? Like, what were you doing at seven years old? Nothing. I was just living my life. My mom bought a a camcorder for the family. Like the one that you had to put the tape in and rewind and tape over. Yeah. So she bought one of those. And then she bought a laptop. And this is, I was just bored. And I was just figuring it out. And so like, you learned that shit on your own. Mm-hmm. I picked up the camera and just started videotaping, uh, dancing, the cooked. Like I remember vividly in Puerto Rico for a family reunion, 
um, walking through my uncle's house as an open layout. I'm walking through the living room and I'm shooting every room and capturing what's going on. So the kids are in the front room. The uh, grownups are in the kitchen cooking. There's a pig roasting in the backyard. There's yeah. dancing. And then I go into the the pool house. And it it cuts off right when, I, when my uncle pops his head out of his room like, hey, everybody. And then it yeah. cuts off. Yeah. So I have videos like that that I was behind the camera for. Yeah. You were just intrigued by yeah, I recording. Think, I think it comes from my love for music videos, too. Because I remember being like five, four years old, being at my grandma's house and just sitting on the couch all day watching MTV music videos from like Cisco to Jagged Edge and everything and just watching how everything played out. There were there were many movies with music. Yeah. So that intrigued me. Yeah. And then every Friday night we'd rent blockbuster movies and I'd sit there and be a movie critic. For so, real? Yeah. That's pretty cool that you say it because there's a lot of similarities. I had, uh, with me it was <laughs> like uh, I loved like I would make plays mm-hmm. when I was a kid and I would like actually my mom had a typewriter and I would like I created plays and or I would I would type out the dialogue to an already existing play. So like I did like the Wizard of Oz and I like typed it all out and everybody in my family had a part and then I like would do another play that was my own. But it was just like watching movies like you said I was always liking, I just loved the art of storytelling in some form. So I'm assuming like when you were watching music videos, did you find yourself like, why, like, were you intrigued by like the, the cinematography? Like, why are they using that angle? Why, how, or is it, were you just in, embraced by the overall final product? Like a movie, like you said, is like a movie. A little bit of both. Cause I was a big bad boy fan. Like uh, but Biggie? Biggie and okay. uh, Diddy and them. So all of the the shiny ass. Uh, the sh- yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the fish eye with them dancing in front of the camera and doing all that. And it, that started with um, Janet Jackson and Busta Rhymes and their video. Okay. So when they collabed, they started with that type of um, angles and those kind of animations and um, those effects and stuff. So that's the stuff that caught my eye. Red shiny suits, people dancing, looking like aliens and. I'm like, how do they how do they do this kind of stuff? So as I'm growing older and having more access to the internet, I'm learning different things and how I'm just picking up cameras and just figuring it out. So every Christmas, every birthday, my mom buy me a new camera and I level up. I had a collection of cameras. Yeah. So the so they saw that you were doing it and you enjoyed it, and she was like, pretty mm-hmm. much, well, if you're this is what it's going to be, then you're responsible for documenting our family gatherings. Everything. Yeah. Everything just days at home just chilling i remember for mother's day i couldn't buy her nothing i was probably like 12 13 couldn't buy her nothing i was on the laptop and i just found all these bunch of old pictures and just put them together with the dear mama by boys the men yeah and that's on the old like windows media player type of thing just yep copy pasting doing dragging and yeah and i and i made her a whole slideshow and from then on she just supported everything she was just like oh you want to mess with computers go ahead here that's what's up so you had your mom's like blessing and support oh and everything yeah everything no matter what i did she was always my number one supporter yeah yeah um you know uh i feel like i think it's pretty luck like how old are you 
28. Okay, so you're you're really, really young. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say this is because I feel like it's always, a, I don't want to say lucky because, you know, everybody has their own ways of getting to where they need to be. And um, none of it's luck. Everything happens for a reason, in my opinion. But I feel like it's a pretty dope uh, um, blessing to have that experience. Like, I, I discovered at a young age what I want to do. And I had my family support. Um, life doesn't always just kind of like go from there. Like, okay, well, you've discovered at a young age. Now your life starts and you're you're set for life. You know, I discovered at a young age what I like to do now, but it was always like, I, I like to draw too. So my family would like, well, you're really good at drawing. You should stick to drawing. And so I kind of like grew up like I'm a, draw mm-hmm. and I never real realized it wasn't like I like to draw but I was like expressing storytelling through my artwork um so like but my point is life takes over and sometimes you find yourself or I've discovered at a young age what I love to do why did it take me this long to get to this point in my life where I'm doing it like I'm 40 fucking three years old mm-hmm. you know what I mean you're 28, so do you ever do you ever notice that or do, or like sometimes I I think too much into shit like that. No, you know I noticed I mean? it because there was a time in my life where I gave up on this for 10 years. So imagine if I would have kept going with it. Oh, you, okay. So it was 10 years. Okay, yeah. so the, okay, so, so okay, my mom passed. Understand, okay. My mom passed when I was 17. Senior okay. year. I'm sorry about that. Christmas break. She had an accident. She passed away. So. That last half year of my senior year, I didn't want to do nothing. I didn't. I was making all my decisions up until that point because she was helping me out. She was supporting me till then and guiding me. Gotcha. All of my decisions were being pointed in that direction to stick with media something. Yeah. I yeah. dabbled in everything. I did graphic designs, visual uh, communications, all of that, yearbook. I was on the yearbook committee. Um, I used to airbrush shirts and stuff like that in high school. Gotcha. Um, we we had a little dance crew that we so that we created in seventh grade, and we held uh, we kept that all the way up until twelfth. And I used to walk around with the camera and document all of that. Wow. Yeah, like I used to have a camera with me at all times. I have one in my car right now. So little camcorder. Yeah. So it's that's like synonymous with you. It's you're you're so used to having that on you at all times that it's like breathing. It's not weird for you to pull a camera out at any at any time because you're always gonna you're always gonna have it on you. Then and now it wasn't in that ten year span. It was hard for me to pull okay. out cameras. And you said your mom, forgive me, she died of in it in it because <coughs> it was a car accident. Was no, it? no, no. She um, it was Christmas morning. We had just opened presents, whatever. She got in the shower and then she had a stroke and oh, died of a man. brain aneurysm. Jesus, I'm sorry, dog. Yeah, I didn't know so, all that. Okay. And that, so, I mean, you're young, you're 17 years old. Yeah. And you said your senior year or your? My senior year. So. Christmas break. Yeah, Christmas break. Um, you had, you said you, up until that point, she was a part of your decision making. I'm sure that Everything. you were, uh, she was influencing everything mm-hmm. for you up until that point. Um. And so there's a 10 year gap, but it, up until that point, your mom's there. She has this unfortunate um, accident. And then when you experience something like that and you have 
you no longer have your mom there, everything shuts down, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. So when you say you stopped recording, did you ever or stop documenting and doing all that shit? Was it like, fuck this, I'm not doing it ever again? Was it like... There was no plan for the future. Did you have a moment of healing? 10 years is a long the time. The moment of healing came after year 10. Oh, wow. So you didn't even have time to heal. So in, that in between all that, I had kids, created a family, chased the jobs, did what I hear you. Did what everybody expected out of me. Yeah. Like I got all of that out of the way. Gotcha. Then the pandemic hit. People start realizing life is not as yeah. promised as you expect yeah. it to be. Yeah. So I start making changes. I was 350 plus pounds. You were 350 pounds? <coughs> mm-hmm. Up until what point? 2020. Get the fuck out. Because we just met 2020. And I you lost were... 100 pounds in a year. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So my life completely started changing once I took control of it again. What was it? I mean, the, you said the pandemic, but what was it about? Was it, you know. Reflection. The, I think a lot a, of people felt that. Yeah, reflection. Making the choice of wanting to leave an impact. So to get back to what we're doing here, right? Yeah. Um, this is our version of home videos. Mm -hmm. This is our version of photo albums. Um, I always wanted. I always said since I had my first son that I wanted to write a book of life. Just write him a book of life with all the lessons and stuff that I can think of, but I can't sit down and write and just express myself that way. Okay. I'm more of a visual person. I can make short films. I can make slideshows. I can make, um, I can add music to pictures and videos and make it. Yeah. Make, I can tell my story that way. Yeah. You can speak through that. Yeah. I can, I, that's, and going back to being young and not putting things together, like you yeah. said. Yeah. I never put together that English class was supposed to be my best friend. Uh. You could sit down and write scripts and plays and stuff, right? I couldn't. I can't, I still can't, I struggle. I can sit down in a room with creative people and um, bring it out like that. Yeah. As long as somebody else is writing it. But for me to put pen to paper and do that, I can't. Yeah. And growing up, I struggled with like my identity because I was into the plays and the musicals and all that. I was into the choir and playing instruments and all that. Then I also had a group of friends that weren't. So I was struggling between doing what I wanted to do and then doing what I thought they wanted me to do. When in all reality, my friends were going to support what I wanted anyway because those are the same friends I have to this day. You just didn't realize it I just, then. Yeah, I didn't realize it then because you're young yeah. and you're just going by what you think is right, by yeah. what people tell you. Yeah. So... Experiencing that, that, um, that juggling act, so to speak, before your mom passed, or was that after? It was a little bit before she passed, but then she gave me, she, like, gave me a boost of confidence when she let me play football in eighth grade. 
You mean like what <laughs> she wasn't letting you before? Or like, or? I never had an interest in playing sports before. Oh, for real? Yeah. So when I gained the interest in it and there was something I wanted to do and she let me do it. That was very, that was a boost. That was a boost, yeah. And then from then on, every decision was mine. She made it feel like it was my decision, but she backed it up. And if she didn't support it, she would let me know. Yeah. But yeah. I try to keep everything funny. Um, I call her an enabler because she would sit there and tell me, don't have sex, don't do this, don't do that. But then I'd come home and there'd be a 36-pack of condoms on my bed. <laughs> on your bed? On my bed. As a gift. Like, here, if you're going to have sex, <laughs> at least be protected. I mean, that's uh, that's not a... I mean, it, it's funny. But I'm mean, her son. She knows how I am. That 36, <laughs> 36 is a challenge for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's a challenge that you don't really want to be talking about with your mom. Like, I don't want to talk about how many times, but I didn't hit the challenge or I did. I don't want to talk exactly. about it. Exactly. <laughs> but she would ask me every couple of weeks, you need a new box? You good? <laughs> You're not having sex, right? But I'll buy you a box if you need it. You had that type of relationship with you. What's your mom's name? Forgive me. Angela. Angela. Yeah. Because I want to give her respect. Um, uh, that you, you and your mom, Angela, you guys were close enough. You had that type of relationship where you mm-hmm. would, you would, uh, joke around about things like that that were sort of off the cuff where other people would probably frown on it yeah yeah that's where i get my, most of my sense of humor from yeah, you she don't always kept things like you don't i was about to say you, you and when i listen to your podcast um you do a good job of uh, nothing really stays not dark but you have your serious moments but you're you're always weaving in comedy whether it's jabs or or story uh funny stories and and you're always keeping things like you said light and I'm assuming that that's always just been there uh, and with you. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Is it just oh, yeah. you? I have a whole bunch. Yeah? Yeah. So I'm the oldest of Oh, boy. We got to lean back and count. Eight. Man, you part of an old school tradition, John. I went yeah. my. Damn. I only got that's three. Not, that's not counting the three uh, cousins that moved in with us. Um, so, That my yeah. mom took in. Okay. Plus, like, a friend that my parents took in during that time and so it's like i'm in the middle of like 15 yeah to be honest. so you were surrounded then what was the dynamic was it uh was it a house full of love was it hard times all the time where did everybody get along i know families don't usually get along all the time we're a loud family yeah um everybody communicates through uh we don't call it yelling but we call it speaking <laughs> speaking hard speaking <laughs> So we speak hard to each other. Um, we joke. We mess around. Even I, we have a little brother who's mentally challenged. Even he gets jokes. Yeah. Even we we jab at him. Yeah. And he jabs back. Okay. He'll stick up the middle finger and curse us out. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know what no, I mean? Nothing's off limits. You're nothing's all going to get limits. it. My stepdad's old school Puerto Rican with the rat tail down his neck. Yeah. You still got that. Yeah. Still to this <laughs> day, bro. Still to this day, he'll get his his head shaved and he'll have the rat tail going down. Nice. This big ass old school mechanic truck driver dude just knows how to work. He's learning how to be a father now because he needed to. He needed to step up. But yeah, you know, old school. I'm gonna go to work and pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. everything else gonna get taken care of. Yeah. So me growing up, I had to help my mom, my cousin Erica. We all had to step up because we had like a couple generations in the house. It was like the top four. In the middle four and the bottom four, like in age. Wow, yeah, yeah. So that's a. I mean, there's so many different. 
experiences that I can think of when you have those different levels and different age groups Mm -hmm. living in the same household and as a family. Um, but I'm assuming that that's all that has to be a blessing in the same, in, in, in the same token, because you have a lot more, uh, people to bounce your feelings off of. Were you like that with your family or no, you're sort of close knit. Um, or we I was keep things more, to yourself. I was always more of a loner. Okay, even um, with even within your family. Yeah, I was always locked in my room. Okay, on the computer or on the TV doing something. Gotcha. Because if I wasn't on the computer, I was on the game. Yeah, always. Or I was downloading music and um, making mixtapes and trying to come up with the next playlist for the, this weekend's party or doing this and that. Wow. I was always involved in something. Yeah, yeah. When you when you uh decided you know this 10 year and like you said there's a lot that happened you had children in this 10 year time you became a so you become a father and that experience alone um you know speaking as a father myself when it changes your life how old were you when you became a father for the first time 21 right after my 21st birthday two weeks later my first son is born okay so i was 23 so you know I'm sure you know now, but you'll know it as you get older. Like, like that's super fucking young. And I know, I remember when I had a kid at 23, I was like, man, I'm lucky. You know, everybody, all my, my friends and shit, for the most part, like, we're having babies young. Like, you know, you got used to seeing that shit, like, 18, 19. I was like, well, Lisa, I'm, I'm here at 23. I look back now, and I'm like, I was a fucking baby at 23 years old. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how. I did it. And so 21 years old, you just celebrated your 21st. You're a father. Um, like, talk to me about in this gap that you that you mentioned becoming a father for the first time. Is that something that you felt was is that what you needed at that time to, to, to keep you focused was fatherhood? Yeah. All my kids came at the right time. Oh, I like that. All my kids came at the perfect time every time i was spiraling or doing something that i shouldn't be doing i found out i was having a kid so (coughs) um i remember not even going out for my 21st birthday because i was having a kid two weeks later Mm. instead i planned a surprise uh baby shower and i did that instead for for real yeah i'm you sentimental like that not really no but it was just. I get called you, out a lot for not being emotionally attached to things. Because <laughs> that's an emotionally attached thing to do. Yeah, but that was my first son. Okay, that's that was, why. That was big. And she's a great girl, even to this day. She's a great woman. Um, she has her flaws. Everybody does. We all do. Sure, sure, yeah. And no, nobody's perfect. Nothing's perfect. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the mother of my children for nothing. All my kids come from the same woman. Okay. And I'm proud to say that. How many kids you got? I got three biological, yeah. four with her okay. daughter that I raised since she was ten months old. Okay, so so you got four four children that you consider your children. You got yeah. Four. Plus, there's a couple like kids out there that I the father figure for. Gotcha. You know what I mean, I don't claim them as my kids because they have their respective fathers and yeah. shit. But still, they know. How does that happen? Becoming a father figure for just kids around the way, around the neighborhood, having female friends, okay. and like you said, they had kids young. Yeah, and I was there for gotcha certain points of growth at that point, and we still connect. We still, I was just at a football game for one of them this yeah. past weekend. He's ten years old. 
been in his life since he was two. So once I once I love you, I love you forever. Yeah. Nothing can change that. No matter what. You know what I mean? I love you forever. So I'm always gonna try to be there when I can. That that wanting to embrace the youth I I feel like is like it's like a common like the way you're talking, it seems like you don't you don't shy away from it. And, nah, not like, at all. And 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 that goes back to I would assume the the love and and the encouragement that you received from your mom, um, the having such a big family in the house, even though you kept to yourself. I'm I'm, I'm kind of gathering that maybe through all of that that understanding how important it is to be present for a child was something that was high on your priority list, even though maybe you weren't thinking about it. Well, I understood early that what my mom, like my mom was running herself real thin, taking care of everybody. Oh, okay. So you knew that even then? or Yeah. Okay, wow. I understood that real early. So I found other avenues. I, I was blessed enough to have my coach, my high school lineman coach. I was blessed to have the tight-knit group that I have right now. There's four of us. We helped raise each other. Me, Tony, Gerald, and Jed. Okay. Right, so Tony is junior. Yeah, his dad took us in, raised us okay. as well. So okay. I, I was lucky enough to have these men that love yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, and the funny thing with Tony's family is his mom. Um, his mom's great grandma lived two houses down from my grandma, from my my um my dad's mom. I didn't know this at the time, so I pull up to their house one one day. And she's like looking at me and she's like, Yo, what's your name? Yeah, I know it's Carlos, but what's your last name? I tell her. She's like, Actually, no, she goes, Your last name, Sepulveda? I'm like, Yeah. She goes, Oh my gosh. She hugs me, kisses me, all this shit. I'm like, uh, Right. Yeah. Everybody's looking at me. I'm like, <laughs> So she starts, she's like, You know, Abuela Paola, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Yeah, that's one of my grandmas. I used to call her my grandma too. So she starts telling me that me and Tony were raised together first couple of years of our lives like we were wow babysat by his great grandma two houses down from my grandma's house yeah so we were raised together and then we reconnected again in middle school Ain't that shit dope though yeah like we reconnected again yeah, in middle school not even and then, knowing it yeah not knowing it yeah and i'd be at his house every day after school so it took her like a month to figure it out and she's like oh this is family yeah so from then we just we're family yeah all four of us no matter what all the other friends can come and go. We're always going to be here. Yeah. Still to this day, till 28. I met them. I met well, I met Tony when I was a baby. Yeah. And then I met the other ones when I was seven and then 12, respectively. So they've been around my whole life. So it's a brotherhood. Yeah. It's so to, I'm, I'm blessed to, to have other avenues. I can't yeah. speak for my other siblings or my cousins or I can't speak for them. But for me, I was blessed to have love from other places. Yeah. And they really wanted the best for me. So they were uh, guiding me in the right directions. Yeah. And, and uh, throughout life, like I have my fair share of those uh, sources. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I find myself kind of uh, throughout life going back and picking off of some of the things that I was taught that didn't make sense at that time. But now in this moment of my life, I'm like, ah, and I'm grateful that I've had, those people in my life that were father figures for me and I have a father um but there was just a lot of absence there that 
I was looking for as a child, not realizing it. And then as I got older, I was like, yeah, but you know what? I feel like God put these men in my life at certain points where I can go back and go, okay. I you can, didn't need it the I whole did, time, but I, at certain points, yeah, they were there to guide you. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's dope. And I, and like going to your point about, you know, you and Junior being babysat together, I had experiences that like that too, where it's like, uh, wow, we're boys, but we were like we went to the same school or some shit. Like we were in kindergarten together and I never even knew until I look at the kindergarten picture and I'm like, yo, yeah. but you know, I didn't even know you at the time. So it's just cool how the universe works and how the world does its thing. And I think if you're hip to it and you pay attention to that shit, then that's all you need to do. You know, like you need to recognize it and honor it. There's some a lot people of people are blind to it. Though. Yeah. Some people shame. don't see it. Such They're just shame. like, ah, that's, why are you think about things like that? I'm like, why not? Like, why not like em- embrace that shit? That shit, especially when you have the opportunity to say, this dude is not my blood, but I love him like my brother. And I just found out that, you know what I mean? Like that fucking blows my mind. So I love hearing stories like that, man. Because Even it- to this day, I introduce him as my brother. I'm like, yo, that's my brother over there. They're like, nah, for real. Well, that's how um, Tony was uh, when you got, st- when you started at FedEx, it was like my brother. And I was like, I didn't know you had a brother. And he was like, he, he kind of said the same thing. He said, well, my dad raised him. And mm-hmm. and so I always just kind of knew that. I just didn't really know the backstory and details. That's dope, man. Yeah. I always give senior credit. It's a good, that's a good dude right there. Yeah. People, I, some people see him as a tyrant because of <laughs> what he does at the job. But You know, I think like, um, I think being like Puerto Rican, like we were used to men being like that mm-hmm. like at a young age too like you know i had men in my family that i knew loved me but they were like assholes you know what i mean yeah and like i was listening to your episode today and there was a uh somebody was talking about like i think it was the your my brother yeah talking about my kids to yeah. your kids and i was like i was like um i was like well that's a that's a little harsh but I also remember my uncles like doing shit like mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Like, why the fuck would you say that shit to me? But it was just like, man, you needed men and like you need to be toughened up. And if anybody's gonna do it, it's gonna be like the men in your family. So and to your point, like senior, yeah, 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 he he's got his ways. But I feel like when you grow up, like we did, and that's that's just normal. You kind of like. You can tell when he's serious and you can tell when he's pissed off and some mm-hmm. people can't. I'm blessed to have that experience because it's like it toughened me up to a point where I, I can work now with people and be like, you know, I'm not shaking in my boots here. I'm, you know, I can talk to you like a man and have a conversation, but you're not going to use your words and trying to threaten me because I grew up like surrounded by that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I appreciate you. Uh, um there's a lot of vulnerability in this conversation and that's a topic that we use often in this podcast. But what I love is that this whole 10 year gap and and everything that we talked about fatherhood and your children and you being a, a staple father figure in people's lives, children's lives, the pandemic hits and you decide at that point, because of, you know, everybody's home with their families being forced to be home and, and, and with their families, a lot of people like myself, because this shit popped off because of the pandemic as well, where I was like, 
what can I do to be home more? Because this shit's more important to me now. Like, I, I obviously money needs to be made, but it ain't about like, I used to be all about like the hours and hours and hours of overtime and, and, and I never really saw my kids. And then the pandemic hit and everybody got a taste of my boy Flex. Uh, shout out. He was on the podcast. He said it best. And in, in one of the episodes that I interviewed him, and he said the government gave everybody money and everybody was home with their family and everybody got a taste of that. And nobody wanted to give that shit up. Right. So now I think a lot of people got creative. Like, what can I do to keep doing this? And then that passion in a lot of people was sparked again. Like, well, I actually like doing this. Fuck it. Is that is that tie into like the pandemic hitting you and being like this shit? Life is too short. Now is the time to do it. Yeah. So before the pandemic, like right when my first son was born, 2015, everything was happening. Like I turned 21. He was born, and then I started coaching. I got offered to coach uh, freshman football at my alma mater high school. Wow. Yeah, so I started coaching there, and I did that for five years. So in between doing that, working overnights, getting all the hours in that I could, you know, grinding, 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 grinding. Yeah. Because that's what everybody was telling me I needed to do. Yeah. Pandemic hits, and I'm like, yo, I got three kids and one on the way. Or no, I had four kids by then because she was born 11, 29, 19. So, okay, right before the pandemic. Yeah. Then. Literally. I got four kids and nothing to show for it. I've, I've missed first steps. I've missed first words. I've missed all these key moments. They love me to death. I love them to death. Uh, like They're all daddy's babies, but I feel like I'm not spending enough time. I got all the money that I can, I can ask for right now. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm financially set. I'm cool. The pandemic hit and everything slowed down. And it's like, I got to take a step back and actually enjoy what's in front of me. Mm. And I've just been doing that ever since. So during the pandemic, like you said, everybody got money and was able to stay home. I didn't get none of that money. Yeah. I was disapproved for everything. Me too. Yeah. Everything was. (laughs) So I had to grind through that. Yeah. But now I'm choosing. This is my work schedule. This is my home schedule. Yeah. Now I'm prioritizing my home schedule. I'm doing the chores. I'm doing, like, yeah, I've, I stepped up my game in a lot of things. A lot of things that I, I let go by the wayside. And that's when I started seeing the pounds fall off and my mental health get better. I started seeing a therapist and doing this and doing that and just fixing things little by little instead yeah. of making excuses like, oh, I'll start Monday or I could do that tomorrow or, nah, let's do it right now. Let's yeah. take, get it taken care of right now. And then... That just made me a better overall man, father, everything. Mm. That uh, that decision to, um, I don't, you know, you could say man up, but I've, I don't really like using that anymore because it's just like, it's, it's a it's, part of maturing. It's just growing up. Yeah. It's just, it's a part of like, like you said, uh, when you come to that point where you're like, I, I'm prioritizing my family. I love who I am when I'm here. I don't like being stressed after work. And then I'm snap like I would snap on my kids because mm-hmm. I was tired because mm-hmm. I was at work irritated. Yeah, and especially like you know the, at FedEx the past the two years ago when it, all that overtime started, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. So I can relate, I can understand, and I appreciate like hearing that from you because 
it sounds like, you know, and I want to get back into it, the podcast, like that's just an, a branch off the tree of I'm prioritizing my family. I'm prioritizing, obviously, your your health. Um, the weight comes off. You're focused in and in, in that that spark is reignited of documenting and creating and that creative in you comes back out then I'm assuming and that's where the the idea for the when when did you decide okay the podcast is how I want to go about doing this I always knew I wanted to do something like what you're doing but I wanted to do it in video format so like I wanted to go around to small businesses and do like a like a food network type of thing like go in and just videotape the day with them like them cooking us talking about the business this that and third chop it up and make it into a 20 minute episode yeah something small like that i wanted to start with vlogs gave up on myself with that i'm having these all of these ideas throughout the 10 years sure i'm i meet my kid's mom i'm telling her these ideas oh so you're still having the ideas i'm having the ideas i'm just not having the motivation or the spark to do it oh okay i've always been crazy a crazy thinker i've always been a dreamer yeah now I just have the motivation I, to go. I know do what it. that's like too. Yeah, because yeah. you're constantly thinking, and but mm-hmm. there's no action. But but did you ever in the ten years was there ever a moment where you came close, or was it just a, a consistent, unmotivating experience? Consistent, unmotivating yeah. experience. Like I would tell my kids' mom about it, and then we'd be in a restaurant, and she'd bring it up to the waitress or something. I'm like, Yo, why are you telling them? I don't even. Yeah. I mean, I'd be offended yeah, by her, yeah, but yeah. she's just pushing me to yeah. do it. Yeah. And what finally pushed me to do it was for the, I think it was this past Christmas. Yeah, this past Christmas, she bought me my first little uh, podcast mic. Okay. Bought me like a little standard podcast mic. Here, you can start with that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the new year came and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. So I got a little bit of money, start planning trips. I'm like, I'm going to go take a couple trips this year. This, This year's for me. I'm single right now. I mean, I was at the time I'm single. I'm um, living by myself. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Um, and I start planning trips and I'm like, 2022 20, is my year. I'm going to do what I need to do. And then she calls me over one day and she's like, hey, I got a, I got something for you. Come pick it up. I went over there and it's a box with all the mics, the laptop, all the setup. <laughs> here, you said you wanted to start this here. I figured the the other mic wasn't going to do enough for you and all the guys. So here's this. Wow. I picked that shit up, went right over to my cousin's house, plugged everything up. Yeah. Yo, hit record. Yeah. We just started talking shit. You know, when we talk about losing somebody that you love, um, somebody that's, you know, pretty much holding it down so that you can become the person you're supposed to be. Everything that falls into that category, throw it in there. Losing somebody like that at a young age, I can't imagine that. And, you know, when Carlos talks about losing his mom in the manner that he did, 
you know, looking at him now and how he maintains a calmness. I understand that I'm I'm seeing Carlos now, but that 10 year gap, you know, the things he had to go through to to stay focused while not being able to grieve and heal properly. Um, I feel that what he's doing now through the podcast is a way where he's able to reclaim a part of him that he's lost. We're going to talk a lot more about uh, the mother of all his children. Her name is Ruth. We're going to get into the support that he gets from her and the dynamic that they have where even though they're not together, they're still mad close and the love he has for her. This is an admirable thing to discuss. You don't hear it often. So we're going to get into that and a lot more with the podcast. So y'all stay tuned. Episode 51, JMC, coming back. So you have this support from this is the the mother of your children we're mm-hmm. talking about. What's her name? I'm sorry, Ruth. And you and Ruth aren't together anymore, but you guys are cool. Or is mm-hmm. that this okay? Can't, we got three. We got four kids together. Four four kids together. And the reason why I want to highlight this is because you don't hear that often. So, um, my mom and my stepdad had four kids together, right? Throughout that whole time. My dad had three kids with another woman. When my dad got locked up, my mom would go every weekend or every other weekend and pick my dad's kids up and make sure they come spend the week, the, wow. the weekends with us. That's why I said I grew up with between 8 to 15 kids Yeah, at a time because everybody was in and out of the house. But for your mom to do that, was that just showed her character. Her, yeah. Like, my mom was loyal to my dad throughout everything. everything. No matter the circumstances, she held it down for him. So... Who am I? Like he would call from jail. I didn't want to talk to him. I'm the teenage. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I don't know no better. Yeah. So I'm not giving him the chance. She'd hold the phone up to my ear. Wow. And make me listen to what he had to say. Wow. She, if I didn't read the letters he sent, or I just threw them to the side, she'd read them for me, or she'd bring them into my room while I'm sleeping and put them next to me. Made sure I have them. She'd put everything away for me. So, for me to come from that. No matter what we go through, yeah, we'd had we had bad turn. We were like we were on bad terms before, but we fixed it for those kids. Those kids, right? Their future is dependent on our right. relationship, right? And they didn't do anything. Yeah, they didn't ask to be here, right? So right. who am I to put them through hell just because I can't? Well, I but I applaud you and Ruth both for doing it. That's why that's why I wanted to highlight that because. You don't really hear that often. Even my own experience with co-parenting wasn't the greatest. You don't hear that. We're not. I mean, she she's supporting you still now, and mm-hmm. it, it is, is an intricate part of that support. Even though you aren't together anymore, which I commend. You know what I mean? I think that's dope. I think a lot of people, especially um, young men and women, um, our age and in 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 your twenties, like yourself need to hear that because uh sometimes the drama outweighs the commitment that should go to the children and so then the children grow up hearing and seeing that bickering back and forth but like 
in your own way, you've been explaining to me that even though y'all ain't together anymore, like she still went out of her way and said, I'm going to surprise you with this because she supports you because she, she's heard your passion mm -hmm. for years now. And she knows that this right here, what you're doing with Queso Frito, which is the name of your podcast. Let's put that out there, by the way. We haven't even named, put the fucking name out there yet, though. Queso Frito. That, that she recognizes is going to be your baby, your ticket. So Queso Frito episode one that let's talk about when you when you recorded your first episode because i recorded mine and i was like i had some experience like with this shit but like the levels of the mic were fucking like off i had a different mic i had this style mic and i had a, another one and like me and my wife because my wife was my first interview like i listened to it now and i'm like oh man it was like I could, you could hardly hear. It was like an echo. Mm. Like, did you experience like that shit? Oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so the first fourteen episodes that are out, like that we put out before this last one that I put out this morning, they all have their own issues. They all have their own issues, and I have like five, six, seven that are in the tuck that all have their own issues. I interviewed you. Yeah, you, yeah. We you, tried you this. There, yeah. yeah. So I've worked through all the issues. And looking back at it, I just laugh at it. Yeah. It's like, it's only going to get better. Yeah. So episode one, I just busted the boxes open. Like I said, I didn't read. I'm someone who is going to force myself to build an Ikea table without looking at the okay. manual. Yeah. Even if it comes out all crooked and messed up, I'll go back and look at it later just because I'm that hard-headed. <laughs> so, I know what you mean, though. That's exactly what happened with the mics. I busted them open, plugged everything in. I'm like, I guess I know what I'm doing. Bloop, bloop. Record. My brother comes in, grabs the mic, and starts telling a story about how this kid that he went to school with wanted to buy his underwears off of him. <laughs> that's episode one. So I never listened to it. I'm just hearing this now. Wait, wait. Yeah. Somebody wanted to buy underwear. So I guess this kid that uh, went to school with him is into men. And he was scrolling to his, through my brother's Instagram and texting my brother like, hey, you know that picture you have on the bottom right, third row, whatever. He's like, yeah, what's up? Those boxers you have on, can I buy those off of you? And my brother sends him a link like, here, you could buy them from the store. He's like, no, no, no. I want those that specific pair he's like i kind of have them on right now so the dude was like okay i want them yeah so yeah we that our first episode was us debating if my brother led the guy on or not oh wait i feel like the the okay that makes sense i feel like that sounds familiar maybe i did i had to have listened to it because i listened to like to the first five but i must have missed the part that the underwear was being bought by somebody i yeah I remember when you just said you think he let him on. Yeah. That sounds familiar because there's. Well, that's also a debate we had at work when my brother was working there. So you probably were a part of that debate. Okay. Well, right before I left, I think is when your brother started yeah. there. Yeah. So I. Um, and that's right. Like April. So Andrew Schultz is one of my uh, favorite comedians and podcasters right now. Okay. So in April, I took a trip to Pittsburgh to go see him in a comedy show. I went with two of my best friends, my cousin Manny and my uh, friend Adam. We went out. We had the time of our life. On the ride back, we, I look at everybody in the car and I'm like, I don't care what y'all do when I get back, but I'm starting this podcast. I already had the equipment. I had my stickers. I had my logo, everything ready to go. 
I said, I'm starting this podcast. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm starting this podcast. So the first few episodes that we recorded, I kept them just for me to mess with the audio and learn. Yeah. And as soon as we got back that Monday, I recorded what is my brother's story. Okay. Okay. And we were like, fuck it. Edit it, put it up, and we put it up. Then you can see the progression as we go on. And that's a dope experience is the progression. Yeah. Staying hungry when you're facing the problems. Like, I used to think that was going to be difficult, and it was difficult for other things for me. But with the podcast, it pissed me off. I'd get pissed off, Mm -hmm. but I would get pissed off like, Problem solver. I'm gonna fucking fix this shit. I fucking can't wait till I wake up tomorrow because I'm going means. right back. Yeah, and it's like that. I'm gonna go right back at it, and that's like that's what I hear from other people when they follow what they love doing. It's like I don't want to deal with problems, but I do mm-hmm. because that's where I'm gonna learn. And I, I had it. I have it, uh, interviews where. <clears throat> No shit wasn't working and like they're about to show up. I've had I had to cancel one because I just couldn't get the shit working. I felt it's embarrassing. But it's like, you know, I need to get back and, and get them scheduled again. And I did. I actually went to his house and recorded it. That's him. all but a part of the experience. Yeah, it's it's like it's like do you do you have were you always that kind of person? Because admittedly I wasn't. I was the kind of cat like I would get pissed and then I would fucking like I'd mope. Oh yeah, I used to mope. Yeah, but like I said, I stopped making excuses and face, and I started facing what's in front of me. Yeah, so I could have made a big issue out of the episode that we lost, but I thought you were mad, relaxed. Like I knew you, I knew it pissed you off. Yeah, but I thought you handled it well. But behind closed doors, when I'm listening to it and trying to edit it, and I'm fucking throwing shit up against the wall and. <laughs> That's what. That's what. Are you throwing shit up against the wall? Yeah, bro. It, it gets me frustrated. What are you hearing when you're? Th- <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm just, I relate. I'm yeah, not laughing I'm just at you. Yelling at myself, like trying to figure it out. Like why don't I'm looking? I'm looking yeah. all through YouTube, Google, yeah. trying to figure different things out, yeah, and I can't. Dude, it's fucking frustrating. Though. But then I realize I got to take a step back, yeah. look at what's in front of me, and make a decision. If I can't use the audio, what am I gonna do? Right. What am I gonna sit here and cause myself a headache for? Right. I'll come back and I'll, I'll ask him if he wants to do another interview. Yeah. If he doesn't want to do it, that's a loss. I, I will but, absolutely do another interview, dog. But that goes for anybody because I'll yeah. reach out to some people that I think are interesting and then they'll give me the excuse, oh, I'm shy, oh, I'm this, oh, I'm that, oh, I don't. That's fine. Yeah. yeah it's not for everybody. Yeah. But then there's people I reach out to that I'm not confident in and they're like, yo, I want to I get on again or I want to yeah. come up. Like the Spalding, I had him on. That same weekend, my best friend comes from Kansas I have a whole bunch of people just showing up to my house. Word. I could have just canceled on Spalding. Yeah. yeah. But instead, I got a room full of eight dudes who can all. That adds to it. Yeah. That mm-hmm. can all add to this conversation. We're going to pass these two microphones around and get something out of this. So that's what I did. I got everybody's perspective. And during this time, it may sound like a bunch of mumbo jumbo. But what I'm doing in the background is I'm looking at all my friends and realizing he's good on the mic. He's good at leading yeah. conversations. He's good at asking questions. Yeah. So now if I need a co-host yep. for a certain thing, I can bring that guy in. Yeah, the gears are always turning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever um, do you ever feel like you have to, when you said that people are like, oh, I'm shy. Um, like, how are you when, like, do you feel like you have to still push to get them on? Or do you, are you like, all right, well, then I'm not, I can already see it right now. You're not into it. 
I'm not going to fight. For, I'm going to keep. There's somebody else that will do this. Like I said, I'm hard headed. So if I ask somebody to come on, that's already me saying I'm going to have them on. Oh, okay. So you're no matter. I don't what. care what your answer is now. Yeah. Once you see the progression in three months, I'm going to ask you again. Once yeah. you see the progression in six months, I'm going to ask you again. Yeah. A year from now, two years from now, it may be. Yeah. I'm going to be so consistent that you're going to want to come and tell your story now. That's what's up. Because it's not that I'm I'm not going to pressure you in anything. Yeah. But I, you're going to see that I can sit down with everybody of any color, creed, background, and I can make them feel comfortable enough that they're going to want to tell me what makes them into them. Yeah. What shapes you? Yeah. Like just last week, I'm going to drop the episode this week. I had a rapper from Harrisburg. He's on his own journey. Yeah. This coming week, I have one of my coworkers who's in his uh, 50s. Just an old man just living his life. Who? Uh, Carter. Oh, man, I don't know Carter. Yeah, he works overnight. So Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have him on, and we're going to talk music, movies. That's cool. Yeah. All of that, because I'm into the history of... How was it when you were growing up? Yeah. What was it like when you were growing up compared to now? What do you see and how, what's the struggle of you raising your kid? Because he has a 10-year-old son. Gotcha. What's it like raising your 10-year-old son? Yeah. What was it like raising your 20-year-old son? Oh, so he's a 20-year-old and a 10. Yeah, so and he has- Different times in his life. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. So I just want everybody to see that it doesn't matter what you look like or what- if Even if you don't think you're interesting, I'm going to make that that interview interesting. I appreciate that. And, and, I, and I like- I envy that because I'm stubborn in the opposite way where <clears throat> and it's not like I'm not I'm trying to watch how I say this because I don't want anybody thinking that I'm being a dick on purpose. I'm not really trying to be a dick. It's more like I'm a reach out and I've been told that or it's been like I'm really busy right now. Um, I'll let you know. And it's like, OK, I reached out. Mm -hmm. So when I'm popping and you reach out to me, that's how it's going to happen because I'm not going to reach back out. Or I've had people like completely ignore my messages because that fucking, that reaching out shit, I don't know how, like, it, it, I've I've been, like right now I've been fortunate enough with you because I know you and, mm -hmm. I, and I've been interviewed other people that I know, but there's times where I'm reaching out to people I don't know. And it's like that cold call type of like, I'm going to knock on your door and, uh, and, and hopefully you'll buy what I'm selling. It's like I get ignored on those messages and I'm like, OK, I, I dig it, but I'm not going to come back. You, if, if if you're ever on my podcast, it's because you had to then come to me. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I just know that's how I've been <laughs> approaching my entire shit this past year. So to change the pace, how do you approach like, how do you find interest in somebody that you want on your podcast? That's a good question. So, uh, because my wife will always suggest people, and and I'll I'll say about ninety percent of the time, maybe eighty percent of the time, I'm I'm all in. But really, it it, it it's a gut feeling. I have to kind of like get in. Like, let's just say you come to me in this right now, and you're like, "Hey, Flex, um, there's such and such that I know." They do this, that, and the third. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. First thing I want to do is I want to see if I can, if they have an online presence, like a social media presence, so I can follow them. Mm -hmm. And then I'll see what they're doing. And then it's like a gut feeling like, this is interesting. And it, I'm not looking for anything in particular. I just need to know, like, are you interesting? Is there something there? Um, Are you, are you, do you 
uh, post a lot? Like, are your are your posts more than five words? And, you know, in the caption, are you are you engaging in life? Um, do you have things to say about different shit? And then I'll go back and I'll say, let me what, what did they post a year from now? And I'll, oh, OK, there's something here. And then I'll wait and I'll wait and I'll keep following. But they're already locked in back here. And then I'm like, OK, right now, I feel like it's a good time to reach out. It's really it's really like an unorthodox way of doing it there's no that i can't explain it i do the same thing just well almost the same thing so every two to three months i'll write down a list of people that i want on whether they're recurring guests or new guests or someone i I never even met before if it's somebody i know that i've had a conversation with before that i want to talk to then i'll reach out so same thing with the online presence i'll look at your social media i'll see what your stories are yeah i'll see what your context is there's a bunch of pretty women on the internet sure right but i look at everything as art so your podcast i look at it as, as like a, a jazz right like to compare it to music I, I look at your your podcast as jazz gotcha you have a radio voice you have a, a flow you have a, a a nice pace to your podcast gotcha artificial delirium by zaylon that's like a uh a emo rock kind that's like that you have to have a certain kind of view to yeah to be a part of that 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 lane right yeah my podcast we're like hip-hop yeah we bring in everybody and anybody because we can that's how that's the environment we're trying to provide yeah it's the same thing with people who post on instagram if it's just a girl posting booty pics in a mirror that's all you're gonna get that's all you're gonna get if it's a girl who posts a pretty a pretty picture of her face and a silhouette of her body with some poems and some quotes or whatever, that's art. Yeah. You have to see what the flow of the art is. Now, if she's selling something, that's not the type of person I'm trying to talk yeah. to. Yeah. But if she's creative, like if she paints, or this is even for men, if if it's a, a guy who does music, I'm going to listen to your catalog, Right. I'm going to listen to your catalog and I'm going to see what the substance of your music is. If you're just talking about killing and and robbing and doing this and that, I'm not into that. I don't need that. Yeah. There's nothing that we can talk about. You're going to come on my show and you're going to trip over your words and I don't have any conversation for you. Now, if you're talking about taking care of your family and reaching goals and this and that, I want to know what those goals are. I want to know how how many people are in your family. I want to know what gets you out of bed every day. That's the type of stuff that I'm looking for. I'm trying to get in depth of the creative person that you are yeah what makes you so creative because people can draw all day and post pictures but what's behind the art like you said five words on the caption look what i drew today no right i drew this today when i was sitting down on the on the edge of the road and i had to pull over because i seen the sunset and that's the kind of stuff that i'm looking for yeah it's uh I've done the, I've done that where I start following somebody and then I'm like oh it's it's a bunch of memes every like mm-hmm. then I'm like all right I'll I'll, I'll unfollow and uh, it's a crapshoot you know I'm and and I know you know that yeah. it's like it's a crapshoot but that's part of the journey that I like too where it's like you know my wife would be like I feel like you're on your phone all the time I'm like I I know you think I'm just scrolling through social media I'm but working. I'm, I'm yeah. Like, and I'm at the point in my life right now where I'm like, 
man, I really need to start like following some new people because the people that I'm following, I've already kind of like, I've gone through it and I'll go through it again, but I'm not seeing anybody sticking out. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably stick out to me in a few months. And look, I I, I know I I said I was stubborn and and that's how I truly feel, but I'm not going to lie. Like everybody I've reached out to that hasn't gone back to me or said no, I I still want to interview them. You know what I mean? It's just me like learning how to, to cope. Um, your, your process of discovering like, when when you're discovering who you want to interview, are you doing a lot of research? Because I don't do a lot of research. No, I want it to be authentic. Okay, I don't want it to be like scripted, um, scripted questions right. or question answer question answer. Yeah, I like I'm gonna play a stupid video at the beginning of the uh, podcast, get your reaction, and then we're gonna talk about that topic. Okay. Oh, okay. Stuff like that, you know? What yeah. I mean? And then we'll get into different things. We'll tell stories, and yo, know, one time when I was 13. Can you tell me about a time when you felt the same way? Stuff like that. Yeah. Want to see what makes you you. So if like when you came to the podcast, it was like, "What's up, bro? How you doing?" Yeah. You, you had just switched jobs, so we were talking about the job, and yeah. then yeah, I hit you with a joke, and then from the joke it went to another joke, to another joke, yeah. to another joke, and we just throw it around the room. Yeah. And then we come back and we continue the conversation. See, and I like that flow because it just keep it makes everything relax. There's. It's like we're talking, but we're not really. These microphones aren't here. Exactly. You know, and that's what you want to aim for. A lot of people get nervous and it's like, yo, just like I know it's cliche, but just we're just two people having a conversation. But the goal for the host is to make that experience seamless. Mm -hmm. And I feel like each time that I do it, I'm like, all right, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm a student of the game. When I played football, coach football, 100% watching football all day, trying to figure new things out. When they give me a new task at work, I'm 100% in it. I mean, the dad thing, the same thing. So that's what I'm doing with the podcast. It's just like I'm trying to find different innovative ways to stay fresh and get, get everybody comfortable to the point where this isn't, this doesn't phase us. I even right. started putting a camera in the room now. I okay. put a camera in the corner of the room because I want to make a documentary. Nice. In five, six years, gather up all this stuff and then put a documentary out. This is something I've always dreamed of, document my life and put it all together. This is my life through my eyes. So, I forget where we were going with this. Oh, we, were, <laughs> we, were talking about, we were talking about um, that you just said you were documenting. You, you, you put a camera in the room. You're... Oh yeah, we're not I'm, scared of the microphone. My thing is, I'm comfortable with who I am and where I'm at. Yeah, in life and where I'm going, it's a matter of trying to make everybody else feel that same way. Yeah. So even if you don't feel that way about yourself when you walk in the room, when you walk out, you're gonna feel different. Right. And I think that's that's what a good podcast versus a shitty podcast. That's what makes it is the person that's running the the gig that he they know how to do that. Mm-hmm. They know how to, you know, don't worry about it. I'm gonna take care. I'm just follow my lead pretty much. I'm not going to lead you into a shit show. Um, 
and I feel like you either have it or you don't as a host. Like, like you have it when I listen to Queso Frito, um, and I like your cadence where you can you can um, engage in conversation with everybody in the room at the same time. You also have a good knack of switching the topic, so you're not staying on one thing for too long. But you're not 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 so much switching the topic, but you can like switch it to a different to a different tone where it's like, uh, oh, there's this is something funny now, which is good because I need to laugh because mm-hmm. we were talking about something that was that you have a good flow of that. Was that is that something that you discovered after you did the podcast, or was that something you always knew about yourself from? creating it because everything that you were talking about as a kid had nothing to do with interviewing people like that's a whole different gamut right there that's a whole different ballpark um i listen to a lot of or i used to listen to a lot of uh morning radio oh me too yeah yeah so i was yep. always interviewing myself in my head yeah I'd come up with crazy scenarios like yo you're a movie star now and ask myself a bunch of stupid questions and answer them so i was media training myself yeah. without even knowing it and morning radio, uh, my stepdad came home with tapes, like cassettes, of morning radio shows from New York that he would record in his truck while he was on the road and then bring them home. And we that's what I would listen to. Spanish, English, everything, country. He brought them for you? No, he'd bring them home, and I would just dig into his oh, stuff. And so he liked it. He, he would record them yeah. just for him. He okay. always had cassettes because he was always on the road, so he always wanted different things. Got you. And there was this uh, talk show called El Basilón de la Mañana in New York. And they would prank call people and play parody songs in Spanish and shit like that. Yeah. So that's where I get my like sense of humor from. Everything was Got funny you. to me. Got we you. can We can joke and laugh about anything in this life. Yeah. Even if you want to set, uh, set a tone or uh, send a message, you can do it in a comedy form. So that's where like my love for the interviewing and the talking, like learning from those kind of guys like Elvis Duran in the morning, Charlemagne the God, guys like that. Like yeah. uh, Howard Stern. Howard Stern big time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And I find like that you have to be a student of the game in mm-hmm. order to master it. Like you have to be willing to, and you're always learning. Um, you're always a student. Um, uh, let's talk about, I want to wrap this up, but, but I want to, like I usually do. I like to talk about, um, the podcast, obviously, for you is is the baby right now. Where where do you see this going? Where do you want to go in five years from now? I remember a post a couple of weeks ago. Um, you posted a video of yourself looking at an arena and you were having an emotional moment or a very silent, still moment. I felt like watching that you were having a vision like uh like i could just see it can you explain it because that ties into i'm assuming where you want to take this podcast of yours all right so to go back real quick um right before the pandemic hit i wanted i had just told my friends i wanted to start stand-up comedy oh really yeah pandemic hits comedy's taken away (laughs) yeah so i had to start thinking of a new way podcast became big yeah hey, i can still be funny there right so then like i said i started booking trips and doing things that i wasn't doing throughout the 10 years and i just wanted to be in the same room as people that i admired so being at a comedy show uh at the andrew schultz comedy show 
I'm to the right of the stage, two rows back. He is interacting with my group during his comedy set. That is big for me. This goes back to 12th grade. Just lost my mom, went on a senior trip in Baltimore. Right after that, we went to Philly to um, Temple to watch J. Cole in concert. Mm -hmm. I'm high in the rafters. I have this shirt I just bought. It says effed up on it. He's going by section by section saying thank you for coming out. Gets to our section, looks up. I have my thumb up and I'm recording. He's like, effed up, thumbs up. I see you, homie, salute. Oh, wow. That right there was big for me. Yeah. Being in the same room as Joey Porter or Micah Parsons, before Micah Parsons was even Micah Parsons, this kid's a, a senior in high school. I, f I like being in the room with great people because it pushes me to do better. pushes me like I could be that. People can feel this way when I'm around. Yeah. Not necessarily that that's the feeling I want, but I want to inspire people to feel this way one day. Sure. So Kevin Gates is big. I named my son Luca, Luca after his album Luca Brassi. Okay. We went to the Santander Arena in uh, Reading. I'm there with my best friend. I'm there with my kid's mom and more friends. <coughs> I'm looking around and I'm like, for as big as he is, especially in this area, like this is not filled up. And I have a, I want to go out on the road and I want to tell my jokes and I want to fill up arenas and fill up. I know I got to start with comedy clubs and it's going to be a progression, but I'm looking around the arena and I felt something in me that's like, I could do it because yeah. walking in, you see all the comedians, all the musical artists and his big names for little Reading, Pennsylvania, big ass names on the wall. Yeah. Uh, comedians and all that. And as we're walking through, I just feel chills and shit. I'm like, it's going to be a good night. Mm. Get to our seats. I'm to the right of the stage. Not that far from him. He walks up and he makes eye contact with our group. And then he gets to rapping. And he's one of the best live performers I've ever watched. Kevin, Kevin Gates. One of the best live performers. So he's doing this acapella thing at the end. And this is the video you see. Where I'm, I just, my best friend just had a baby. He just had his first son. You know what I mean? I'm on good terms with her. Everybody's having a good time. So yeah. I lean over to him. I give him a hug. I'm like, yo, I love you. You're like, you're the rock of the family. You know that, right? He's like, yeah, thank you. I was like, it's, it's us forever. Because he's, he's, he's even taking a risk being my editor and producer on this. He don't got to take that time out to do this for me. So I leaned over and I tell him, just so you know, I'm going to sell this bitch out one day. He taps me on the chest. I look over at her and she's recording this shit. Oh. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to sell this bitch out one day. She That's the video I don't have yet. She didn't send me that okay. one. So I point at her. I'm like, I'm going to sell this bitch out one day. And then when I turn around, Kevin Gates starts rapping and I feel like he's just talking to me. And that's when I just put my arms up and I'm just staring like, yeah. I'm gonna sell this bitch out one day, bro. Like no one can stop me. I'm yeah. the only person that can stop me from doing that. That's the truth right there. And I feel that's when you lock into that, man, nothing nothing can stop you. Ever since then I've been writing jokes, writing down all my crazy thoughts, all my intrusive thoughts. And I could I have premises everywhere. Uh -huh. Notebooks, my phone, so I can just chip away at them, put them into a, a a set so I can go out there and tell my jokes. So we have like uh, the podcast, but now it's like the groundwork is being set for another level of oh yeah, what, what Los can do. Yeah, Los and, and the crew, because it's not just me. There's oh, going to yeah. be somebody behind the camera. There's going to be somebody writing. There's going to be somebody. It's, it's never just about me. I, I give credit where credit is due. Yeah. I'm 
they I'm the face of it because I'm the charismatic one and they want me to, you know what I mean? But I'm not the face of it. Gotcha. I'm I'm here just as, I'm putting in just as much, if not the same amount of work as these guys. I mean, we're we're all working. Yeah. We we're sending videos back and forth to each other all day, sending ideas back and forth all day. I have new guys that come in that are like, yo, I like what same thing you're telling me. I appreciate all the all the uh, compliments, but I'm just hard at taking them because the work's not done. No, I know exactly what you mean. So I I thank you for sh- for seeing the potential. Yeah, but there's so much more. There's so much more I have just tucked away. Just it keeps you hungry too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I know exactly what you mean, and um, I get excited. Like I'm excited for you. Um, appreciate that because yeah because it's not like you're settling it's not like you're just like yeah you know i'm not really planning on doing this but you know it's you know there's there's always a reason for something and and um finding what you're passionate about and accepting it and locking in and then really um treating it like it's your job where like like i don't have to do this like you don't have to do this right but you have to. Does that make sense? I'm I'm not on a, anybody's schedule but mine. So I could stop right now and be like, it ain't gonna happen anymore. But I, I could feel do more that. fulfilled when I do it. Right. But I need to. I treat it like I need to do this, and that's the discipline. A lot of people they, a lot of people when they try to do podcasts or other things in life, a podcast in general, they'll do a couple episodes and that's it. They're, they're too busy. It's an oversaturated market as it is. Oh man. So the only people that are going to make it out are the ones who are, remain consistent and put in the work. Like you see all these people come out and they have staged content. They have staged content like, oh, I'm going to be the toxic guy or I'm going to be yeah the, the country guy. or I'm going to be that's sustainable for so long, bro. Yeah. Your words are going to come back to bite you one day. Mm-hmm. My words will, too, because I, I say a lot of shit, a lot of stupid jokes. I joke about everything. I don't listen to what I say. Yeah. But you've already established that about you. It's not like you're trying to be something else. Right. And you're, you're saying all these things that are going to come back and bite you. you. You've already established the very nonchalant, open-minded, it is what it is, charismatic dude that you are. You know what I mean? And that's the intent. That's what right. I'm trying to say. Your intent is going to take you further than anything. Because like what, what you got going on, that's, that's the best premise you can ever think of. Yeah. I'm a journeyman myself, but I want to highlight the journeys of every, all the journeymen around. Absolutely, me. and that's what makes this show perfect. That's yeah. why I say it's like sweet. It's like jazz. You yeah. can sit back and put jazz on, and you can listen to it for hours. This is like this show. Appreciate it. My show is like hip hop. You can listen to it, but you can only listen. You can only take it in for so long before you're like, "What the fuck are these guys <laughs> talking about?" <laughs> well, I almost texted you this morning. Cause it was getting, I forget what part we guys were talking about the bachelor party. Oh like, yeah, and I was like, "This is a fucking shit show." Yeah. So yeah, I understand what you mean. Like, um, uh, I I I appreciate this, and and I encourage. Listen, I encourage everybody uh, who hasn't looked already. Um, queso frito. What platform is that? Spotify. We're on Spotify and Anchor right now. I'm in the works of putting it on everything else. You guys will get the links when those come out. You're trying to do video? Is that still? Uh, yeah, we're working on video. We're working on video content for like YouTube and stuff. I still don't have a decision fully on what I want to do with that yet. I know. It's it's fucking video is hard. I did it for four episodes 
and then I stopped because mm. it was just you, you got a crew, so that's that's dope because it's it's just me. But I, again, it's just me because I'm a control freak. Yeah. So I I think it's just me on purpose as well because I don't know if I could bring anybody else into this. So you got a whole crew. Um, God bless you, man. I, I, I'm. I love seeing your growth. Keep doing what you're doing. I um, I look back at our conversations when I used to work at FedEx on the dock and and the ideas that you were talking about then and I can see them coming to fruition now. Um and you're only at episode 15, is that right? Just put up the 15th and then from here on out my goal is to put 53 out in 2023. 53 episodes, so that's one it. a week. One a week, well. So that's the goal right now. That's what we're working towards for the rest of the year, trying to make sure we have a schedule uh, going, make sure we have uh, like a skeleton of the show to follow. Not necessarily topics, but something that we can follow to keep things flowing and provide everybody with good content. You like to do shit like... uh it's the Hollywood, it's the Halloween season episode. It's the Christmas episode. Do you discuss Halloween uh, ho- holiday themed episodes or not? Not really. All my f- my crew is nonchalant. My yeah. crew is just let's get in here. Let's talk about what's going on. Like we don't really plan our episodes. It's just it is what it is at that moment. We're gonna record Saturday afternoons or Sunday mornings. When we get there, we'll see what the vibe is and we'll talk about that. Gotcha. And now we're gonna produce two shows it's gonna be queso frito and it's gonna be dead beats so dead beats is gonna be more based on your mental health and um providing a place for it's gonna be our therapy sessions yeah pretty much but a place for everybody to come and decompress and then right after that we're gonna shoot the shit show that is queso frito and provide laughs and jokes for everybody well let's uh, let's briefly real quick because i don't want to hold you up much longer but dead beats what like is oh, that time you can do what's that thing. what's that's your podcast another dead podcast? beats is my brother Okay. So my brother had deadbeats for a while now. He started with his friends in college a few years back. Um, everybody proceeded with their lives, but he wanted to keep going with it. Yeah. He gave me the motivation to start Queso Frito as well because he had his own. He, he, he'll pull out his phone and record a 10, 15-minute podcast of what's on his mind and put it up. Yeah. He's at the point where he has a sponsor. Nice. So yeah, there's stuff that we can work towards in his show that, don't, they won't necessarily fit in our show, so we'll just throw it to his channel, because we're all we're all creating this anyway. Yeah. So he'll bring us topics, and we'll talk about them. We'll hit certain topics. I have a few episodes of his already that I have in the tuck that I'm gonna edit and put it out for him, and then we're gonna run with that as well. And that's we're, a that's a therapy session. Is that just about? Yeah. It'll be like a therapy session for us, just decompressing and yeah. talking about real life, real life topics and mental health and how we get through life and that'll be like more in depth and that'll be more of a serious tone. I'm more assuming. of the serious side yeah. of our lives. Yeah. Well, that's what's up, man. I, I, I mean, mental health the conversation of mental health amongst men by men is rare and it should be a lot more acceptable. And that's what we're trying to provide. Yeah. So I think I love that. I, I'm actually excited uh, for that. So like when, is there an idea of when that will, do you have a time frame for that or no? Um, not necessarily, but in in the next month it should be out. We're just rebranding right now, waiting for the logo to come in. Okay, well, I have an artist working on it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm like a fan already. So uh, once that once that's out, I'll I'll share it and for sure. We, we're definitely gonna collab. A yeah, few more let's times. collab on that because 
Like, I love shooting the shit and have a good time, but obviously, like, some real conversations about mental health with men is, like, a, a conversation that I, I would love to be a part of, and it, it needs to be more more of, like, a, a common theme. So kudos to you, bro. Thank you very much for, for coming out this way. Appreciate you for um, having me. I know you got to go to work, and uh, and I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you making it all the way out here. Keep doing what you're doing, and that's it, homie. We're yes, done sir. here. All right. You want to say anything at all before you bounce? Hey, nah. I thank you for having me here. I thank you for the support. Absolutely. You know, just follow the channel and just watch us grow. There That's you go. Really, all I need to ask from you. All right. Queso frito. Yes, sir. Hey, listen. Big shout out to Carlos for stopping by, my boy. I wish you luck, homie. And and you and your brothers, you guys got a dope ass podcast. Check it out, everybody, please. Queso Frito, Q-U-E-S-O-F-R-I-T-O. He is on all major platforms. Give it a listen. If you like to shoot the shit with your people, this is the kind of podcast that you want to listen to because there's a lot of jokes, but there's a lot of things that are brought up that are important in conversation. And the Dead Beats uh, podcast, I'm looking forward to that because when it comes to mental health with men, I am all in. Uh, as we go through this holiday season... I do want to keep in mind, much love, uh, peace and respect. Uh, rest in peace to Carlos's mom, Angela, passing away on Christmas Day. We're keeping her in our prayers. Carlos, you keep doing your thing, homie. I'm proud of you. Next week on the Journeyman Chronicles, I am talking to Sammy Rosa Jr. We're going to get to know the brother that's doing some big things and is making moves to become a doctor. This story's dope. Can't wait to share it with you. Until then, remember to maintain focus and stay continuous through all four seasons. My name is Felix C. Arroyo, and these are the Journeyman Chronicles. Y'all be safe.